15. Area, is not affected by the people of Bontoc. As has been mentioned, there is an unique display of dress by the man at the head-taking ceremony of the auto, when some of the dancers wear Bortusk armlets, called AB Kill, and a Bortusk necklace, called Fuyahia. The necklace quite resembles the Indian bear claw necklace, but it is worn with the tusks pointing away from the breast, not toward it, as is the case with the Indian necklace. There are about six of these necklaces in Bontoc, and it is almost impossible to buy one, but the armlets are more plentiful. They are worn above the biceps, and some are adorned with a tuft of hair cut from a captured head. The movable adornments of the woman are very similar to those of the man. The unmarried woman wears the flowers or green sprigs in the hair, though less often than does the man. She wears the ear stretchers, earplugs, and earrings exactly as he does. Probably 60% of men and women in some way dress one ear, probably half as many dress both ears. The chief adornment of the woman is her hairdress. It consists of strings of various beads, called a pong. The hair is never combed in its dressing, except with the fingers. But the entire hair is caught at the base of the skull and lightly twisted into a loose roll. A string of beads is put beneath this twist at the back and carried forward across the head. The roll is then brought to the front of the head around the left side. At the front it is tucked forward under the beads, being thus held tightly in place. The twist is carried around the head as far as it will extend, and the end there tucked under the beads and thus secured. One and not infrequently two additional strings of beads are laid over the hair, more completely holding it in place. The first string of beads placed on the head usually consists of compact, glossy, black seeds. Frequently brass wire rings are regularly dispersed along the string. These beads are shown in place CXLII. The second string, with its white, lozenge-shaped stone beads placed CXXXIX, is very striking and attractive against the black hair. This string reaches its perfection when it is composed solely of spherical agate beads the size of small marbles and the longer white stone beads placed at regular intervals among the reddish agates. It is practically impossible to purchase these beads, since they are heirlooms. The third string is usually of dog teeth. They are strung alternately with black seeds or with sections of dog rib. This string is worn over the hair, running from the forehead around the back of the head, the white teeth resting low on the back hair, and making a very attractive adornment as they stand, points out, against the black hair. See place CLII. Idra women dress their hair richly in their important ceremonials. In an Inpug-Pug ceremony of Sipadato in Bontoc I saw women wearing seven strings of agate beads on their hair and about their necks. The woman loves to show her friends her accumulated wealth in heirlooms, and the auto or pueblo ceremonies are the most favorable opportunities for such display. All these various hairdress beads are of idro manufacture. I have seen Dukakan women come to Bontoc wearing a solid diadem about the hair. It consisted of a rattan foundation encircling the head, covered with black and beeswax studded with three parallel rows of encircling bright red seeds. It made a very striking headdress. Now and then a woman is seen wearing beads around the neck, but the Bontoc woman almost never has such adornment. They are seen frequently in pueblos to the west. However, the beads for everyday wear are seeds in black, brown, and gray. There is also a small, irregular, cylindrical, wooden bead worn by the women. It is sometimes worn in strings of three or four beads by men. I believe it is considered of talismanic value when so worn. Many women in Mayanet and some women of Bontoc wear the heirloom girdle, called a kaosan, made of shells and brass wire encircling a cloth girdle C-Place CXL. 
The cloth is made in the form of a long, narrow wallet, practically concealed at the back by the encircling wire and shells. Within this wallet the cherished agate and white stone hairdress is often hidden away. In May in it this girdle is frequently worn beneath the skirt, when it becomes, in every essential and in the effect produced, a bustle. I have never seen it so worn in Bontoc. Decoration under this head are classed all the forms of permanent adornment of the person. First must be cited the cutting and stretching of the ear, whereas the long, pendant earlobe is not the end in itself, nor is the long slit always permanent. Yet the mutilation of the ear is permanent and desired. In a great many cases the lobe breaks, and the two, and even three, long strips of lobe hanging down seem to give their owner certain pride. Often the lower end of one of these strips is pierced and supports a ring. The sexes share alike in the preparation for and the wearing of earrings. The woman has a permanent decoration of the nature of the switch of the civilized woman. The loose hair combed from the head with the fingers is saved and is eventually rolled with the live hair of the head into a long, twisted strings, some of which are an inch in diameter and three feet long, some women have more than a dozen of these twisted strings attached to the scalp, this is a common, though not universal, method of decorating the head, and the mass of lard soaked, twisted hair stands out prominently around the crown, held more or less in place by the various bead hairdresses, CPLS, CXLI and CXLII, Tattoo The great permanent decoration of the Igru is the tattoo. As has been stated in Chapter VI on War and Head Hunting, all the members men, women, and children of an auto may be tattooed whenever a head is taken by any person of the auto. It is claimed in Bontoc that at no other time is it possible for a person to be tattooed, but Tukukan tattooed some of her women in May, 1903, and this in spite of the fact that no heads had recently been taken there. However, the regulations of one pueblo are not necessarily those of another. In every pueblo, there are one or more men, called bushels mothotek, who understand the art of tattooing. There are two such in Bontoktoki, of Loengon, and Finomdi, of Longfoli and each has practiced his art on the other. Finomdi has his back and legs tattooed in an almost unique way. I have seen only one other at all tattooed on the back, and then the designs were simple. A large double scallop extends from the hip to the knee on the outside of each of Finomdi's legs. The design is drawn on the skin with ink made of soot and water. Then the tattooer pricks the skin through the design. The instrument used for tattooing is called chakayam. It consists of from 4 to 10 commercial steel needles inserted in a straight line in the end of a wooden handle. Chakayam is also the word for needle. After the pattern is pricked in the soot is powdered over it and pressed in the openings, the tattooer prefers the soot gathered from the bottom of olives. The finished tattoo is a dull, blue-black in color, sometimes having a greenish cast. A man in Tulubin has a tattoo across his throat which is distinctly green, while the remainder of his tattoo is the common blue-black. The newly tattooed design stands out in whitish ridges and these frequently fester and produce a mass of itching sores lasting about one month see place CXLVII. The Igro distinguishes three classes of tattoos, the chuck lag, the breast tattoo of the head taker, pongo the tattoo on the arms of men and women, and thotek, under which name all other tattoos of both sexes are classed. Thotek is the general word for tattoo, and pongo is the name of woman's tattoo. It is general for boys under 10 years of age to be tattooed. Their first marks are usually a small, half-inch cross on either cheek or a line or small cross on the nose. One boy in Bontoc, just at the age of puberty, has a tattoo encircling the lower jaw and chin, 
a wavy line across the forehead, a straight line down the nose, and crosses on the cheeks, but he is the youngest person I have seen wearing the jaw tattoo a mark quite commonly made in Bontoc when the chuck lag, or head taker's emblem, is put on. The chuck lag is the most important tattoo of the Igro, since it marks its wearer as a taker of at least one human head. It therefore stands for a successful issue in the most crucial test of the fitness of a person to contribute to the strength of the group of which he is a unit. It no doubt gives its wearer a certain advantage in combative confidence and conceit in his own ability. And, likely, it tends to unnerve a combatant who has not the same emblem and experience. No matter what the exact social importance or advantage may be, it seems that every man in Bontoc who has the right to the emblem shows his appreciation of the privilege. Since nine-tenths of the men wear the chuck lag, it consists of a series of geometric markings running upward from the breast near each nipple and curving out on each shoulder, where it ends on the upper arm. The accompanying plates CXLII to CXLIX give an excellent idea of the nature and appearance of the Igro tattoo of course. Reproductions in color would add to the effect. The distinctness of the markings in the photographs is about normal. The basis of the designs is apparently geometric. If the straight line designs originated in animal forms, they have now become so conventional that I have not discovered their original form. The Bontoc woman is tattooed only on the arms. This tattoo begins close back of the knuckles on the back of the hands, and, as soon as it reaches the wrist, entirely encircles the arms to above the elbows. Still above this there is frequently a separate design on the outside of the arm. It is often the figure of a man with extended arms and sprawled legs. The chuck lag design on the man's breast is almost invariably supplemented by two or three sets of horizontal lines on the biceps immediately beneath the outer end of the main design. If the tattoo on the arms of the woman were transferred to the arms of the man, there would seldom be an overlapping each would supplement the other. On the men the lines are longer and the patterns simpler than those of the women. Where the lines are more cross-hatched and the design partakes of the nature of patchwork, it was not discovered that any tattoo has a special meaning, except the head-taker's emblem, and the Igro consistently maintains that all the others are put on simply at the whim of the wearer. The face markings, those on the arms, the stomach, and elsewhere on the body, are believed to be purely aesthetic. The people compare their tattoo with the figures of an American's shirt or coat, saying they both look pretty. Often a cross-hatched marking is put over goiter, varicose veins, and other permanent swellings or enlargements. Evidently they are believed to have some therapeutic virtue, but no statement could be obtained to substantiate this opinion, as is shown by PLS, CXLVII and CXLIX. The tattoo of both Benai men and women seems to spring from a different form than does the Bontoc tattoo. It appears to be a leaf, or a fern frond, but I know nothing of its origin or meaning. There is much difference in details between the tattoos of culture areas, and even of pueblos. For instance, in Bontoc Pueblo there is no tattoo on a man's hand, while in the pueblos near the south side of the area the hands are frequently marked on the backs. In Bangat there is a design popularly said to represent the sundown which is seen commonly on men's hands. Instances of such differences could be greatly multiplied here, but must be left for a more complete study of the Igro tattoo. Music Instrumental Music The Bontoc Igro has few musical instruments, and all are very simple. The most common is a gong, a flat metal drum about one foot in diameter and two inches deep. This drum is commonly said to be brass, but analyzes show it to be bronze. Two gongs submitted to the Bureau of Government Laboratories, Manila, consisted, in one case, 
of approximately 80% copper, 15% tin, and 5% zinc, in the other case of approximately 84% copper, 15% tin, 1% zinc, and a trace of iron. Early Chinese records read that tin was one of the Chinese imports into Manila in the 13th century. Copper was mined and wrought by the Igra when the Spaniards came to the Philippines, and they wrote regarding it that it was then an old and established industry and art. It may possibly be that bronze was made in the Philippines before the arrival of the Spaniard, but there is no proof of such an hypothesis. The gone today enters the Bantok area in commerce generally from the north from the Igra or Tingyan of Old Abra province and no one in the provinces of Bangat or Lepanto Bantok seems to know its source. Throughout the archipelago and southward in Borneo there are metal drums or gongs apparently of similar material but of varying styles. It is commonly claimed that those of the Moro are made on the Asiatic mainland. It is my opinion that the Bantok gong, or gang essay, originates in China though perhaps it is not now imported directly from there. It certainly does not enter the island of Luzon at Manila, or Canton in Ilocos Sur, and, it is said, not at Vigan, also in Ilocos Sur. In the Bantok area there are two classes of Bang S.A., one is called Kalos, and the other Kampanyongan. The Kampanyongan is frequently larger than the other, seems to be always of thicker metal, and has a more bell-like and usually higher-pitched tone. I measured several bang essay in Bantok and Samoki, and find the company on and about 5 mm thick, 50 to 255 mm deep, and from 330 to 360 mm in diameter, the KA loss is only about 2 to 3 mm thick. The Igro distinguishes between the two very quickly, and prizes the company on and at about twice the value of the KA loss. Either is worth a large price today in the central part of the area or from 1 to 2 carabatas but it is quite impossible to purchase them even at that price. Bangasa music consists of two things rhythm and crude harmony. Its rhythm is perfect. But though there is an appreciation of harmony as is seen in the recognition of, we may say, the tenor and bass tones of company on and, and K.A. loss, respectively, yet in the actual music the harmony is lost sight of by the American. In Bantok the gang essay is held vertically in the hand by a cord passing through two holes in the rim, and the cord usually has a human lower jaw attached to facilitate the grip. As the instrument thus hangs free in front of the player always a man or boy it is beaten on the outer surface with a short padded stick like a miniature bass drumstick. There is no gang essay music without the accompanying dance, and there is no dance unaccompanied by music. A gang essay or a tin can put in the hands of an Igro boy is always at once productive of music and dance. The rhythm of Igro gang essay music is different from most primitive music I have heard either in America or Luzon. The player beats 4-4 four, four time, with the accent on the third beat. Though there may be 20 gang essay in the dance circle a mile distant, yet the regular pulse and beat of the third count is always the prominent feature of the sound. The music is rapid. There being from 58 to 60 full 4-4 counts per minute, it is impossible for me to represent Igro music, instrumental or vocal, in any adequate manner, but I may convey a somewhat clearer impression of the rhythm if I attempt to represent it mathematically. It must be kept in mind that all the gang essay are beaten regularly and in perfect time there is no such thing as half notes. The gang essay is struck at each italicized count, and each unitalicized count represents a rest. The accent represents the accented beat of the gang essay. The K.A. loss is usually beaten without accent and without rest. Its beats are 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 
three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, etc. The company on and is usually beaten with both accent and rest. It is generally as follows, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, etc. Sometimes, however, only the first count and again the first and second counts are struck on the individual company onion, but there is no accent unless the third is struck. Thus it is sometimes as follows, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, etc., and again one, two, three, four, 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 etc. However, the impression the hearer receives from a group of players is always of four rapid beats, the third one being distinctly accented. A considerable volume of sound is produced by the gang assay of the central part of the area, it may readily be heard a mile, if beaten in the open air, in pueblos toward the western part of the area, as in Palili, Alop, and their neighbors. The instrument is played differently and the sound carries only a few rods. Sometimes the player sits in very unmalayan manner, with legs stretched out before him, and places the gang assay bottom upon his lap. He beats it with the flat of both hands, producing the rhythmic pulse by a deadening or smothering of a beat. Again the gang assay is held in the air, usually as high as the face, and one or two soft beats, just a tinkle, of the four-four time are struck on the inside of the gang assay by a small, Light stick. Now and then the player, after having thoroughly acquired the rhythm, clutches the instrument under his arm for a half minute while he continues his dance in perfect time and rhythm. The lover's juice harp, made both of bamboo and of brass, is found throughout the Bantak area. It is played near to and in the Olag wherein the sweetheart of the young man is at the time. The instrument, called in Bantak Abiafu, is apparently primitive Malayan and is found widespread in the South Seas and Pacific Ocean. The brass instrument, the only kind I ever saw in use except as a semitoli in the hands of small boys, is from 2 to 3 inches in length, and has a tongue, attached at one end, cut from the middle of the narrow strip of metal. The Igro make the ABA foil of metal cartridges. A cord is tied to the instrument at the end at which the tongue is attached, and this the player jerks to vibrate the tongue. The instrument is held at the mouth is lightly clasped between the lips, and, as the tongue vibrates, the player breathes a low, soft tune through the instrument, one must needs get within two or three feet of the player to catch the music, but I must say after hearing three or four men play by the half hour, that they produce tunes the theme of which seems to me to bespeak a genuine musical taste, I have seen a few crude bamboo flutes in the hands of young men, but none were able to play them, I believe they are of Ilocano introduction, a long wooden drum, hollow and cannon-shaped, and often three feet and more long and about eight inches in diameter, is common in Bangut, and is found in Lepanto, but is not found or known in Bantak. A skin stretched over the large end of the drum is beaten with the flat of the hands to accompany the music of the metal drums or gang essay, also played with the flat of the hands, as described, in pueblos near the western border of Bantak area, vocal music the Igral has vocal music, but in no way can I describe it to say nothing of writing it. I tried repeatedly to write the words of the songs, but failed even in that. 
The chief cause of failure is that the words must be sung even the singers fail to repeat the songs word after word as they repeat the words of their ordinary speech. There are accents, rests, lengthened sounds, sounds suddenly cut short in fact, all sorts of vocal gymnastics that clearly defeated any effort to talk the songs. I believe many of the songs are wordless, they are mere vocalizations the trollolo of modern vocal music, they may be the first efforts to sing. I was told repeatedly that there are four classes of songs, and only four. The Mangayuang, the laborer's song, is sung in the field and trail. The Mangayuang is said to be the class of songs rendered at all ceremonies, though I believe the doleful funeral songs are of another class. The Mangayutishim K and the Tineo I know nothing of except in name. Most of the songs seem serious. I never heard a mother or other person singing to a babe. However, boys and young men, Friends with locked arms or with arms over shoulders, often sing happy songs as they walk along together, they often sing in parts, and the music produced by a tenor and a bass voice as they sing their parts in rhythm, and with very apparent appreciation of harmony, is fascinating and often very pleasing. Dancing the Gantankidro dances in a circle, and he follows the circle contraclockwise. There is no dancing without Gangasa music and it is seldom that a man dances unless he plays a gang essay. The dance step is slower than the beats on the gang essay, there is one complete step to every full 4-4 count. At times the step is simply a high-stepping slow run, really a springing prance. Again it is a hitching movement with both feet close to the earth, and one foot behind the other. The line of dancers, well shown in PLS, CXXXI, CLI, and CLII, passes slowly around the circle. Now and again following the leader in a spiral movement toward the center of the circle and then uncoiling backward from the center to the path. Now and again the line moves rapidly for half the distance of the circumference, and then slowly backs a short distance. And again it all but stops while the men stoop forward and crouch stealthily along as though in ambush, creeping on an enemy. In all this dancing there is perfect rhythm in music and movements. There is no singing or even talking the dance is a serious but pleasurable pastime for those participating, as is shown also by the illustrations, the women dance, they throw their blankets about them and extend their arms, usually clutching tobacco leaves in either hand which are offerings to the old men and which some old man frequently passes among them and collects and they dance with less movement of the feet than do the men, generally the toes scarcely leave the earth. Though a few of the older women invariably dance with a high movement and backward pawing of one foot which throws the dust and gravel over all behind them. I have more than once seen the dance circle a cloud of dust raised by one pawing woman, and the people at the margin of the circle dodging the gravel thrown back. Yet they only laughed and left the woman to pursue her peculiar and discomforting step. The dancing women are generally immediately outside the circle and from them the rhythm spreads to the spectators until a score of women are dancing on their toes where they stand among the onlookers, and little girls everywhere are imitating their mothers. The rhythmic music is fascinating, and one always feels out of place standing stiff-legged in heavy, hobnailed shoes among the pulsating, rhythmic crowd. Now and again a woman dances between two men of the line, forcing her way to the center of the circle. She is usually more spectacular than those about the margin and frequently holds in her hand her commode stick or a ball of bark fiber thread which she has spun for making skirts. I once saw such a dancer carry the long, heavy wooden vessel used in pounding out rice. A few times I have seen men dance in the center of the circle somewhat as the women do, but with more movement, 
with a balancing and tilting of the body and especially of the arms, and with rapid trembling and quivering of the hands. The most spectacular dance is that of the man who dances in the circle brandishing a head axe. He is shown in PLS, CLII and CLII. At all times his movements are in perfect sympathy and rhythm with the music. He crouches around between the dancers brandishing his axe. He deftly all but cuts off a hand here, an arm or leg there, an ear yonder. He suddenly rushes forward and grinningly feigns cutting off a man's head. He contorts himself in a ludicrous yet often fiendish manner. This dance represents the height of the dramatic as I have seen it in real life. His is truly a mimetic dance. His colleague with the spear and shield, who sometimes dances on the outskirts of the circle, now charging a dancer and again retreating, also produces a true mimetic and dramatic spectacle. This is somewhat more than can be said of the dance of the women with the commote sticks, vessels, and spun thread. The women in no way act they simply purposely present the implements or products of their labors, though in it all we see the real beginning of dramatic art. Other areas, and other pueblos also, have different dances. In the Benguet area the musicians sit on the earth and play the gang assay and wooden drum while the dancers, a man and woman, pass back and forth before them. Each dances independently, though the woman follows the man. He is spectacular with from one to half a dozen blankets swinging from his shoulders, arms, and hands. Captain Chaz, Nathorst, of Cervantes, has told me of a dance in Lepanto, believed by him to be a funeral dance, in which men stand abreast in a long line with arms on each other's shoulders. In this position they drone and sway and occasionally paw the air with one foot. There is little movement, and what there is is sluggish and lifeless. Games cockfighting is the Philippine sport. Almost everywhere the natives of the archipelago have cockfights and horse races on holidays and Sundays. They are also greatly addicted to the sport of gambling. The Bantaka girl has none of the common pastimes or games of chance. This fact is remarkable, because the modern Malayan is such a gamester. Only in toil, war, and numerous ceremonials does the Bantak man work off his superfluous and emotional energy. One might naturally expect to find Jack a dull boy, but he is not. His daily round of toil seems quite sufficient to keep the steady accumulation of energy at a natural poise, and his head hunting offers him the greatest game of skill and chance which primitive man has invented. Formalities The Igril has almost no formalities. The etiquette which one can recognize as binding form. When the American came to the islands he found the Christians exceedingly polite. The men always removed their hats when they met him. The women always spoke respectfully, and some tried to kiss his hand. Every house, its contents and occupants, to which he might go was his to do with as he chose. Such characteristics, however, seem not to belong to the primitive Malayan. The Igril meets you face to face and acts as though he considers himself your equal both you and he are men and he meets his fellows the same way. When Igril meet they do not greet each other with words, as most modern people do. As an Igril expressed it to me they are all same dog when they meet. Sometimes, however, when they part, in passing each other on the trial, one asks where the other is going, the person with a load has the right of way in the trail, and others stand aside as best they can, there is commonly no greeting when a person comes to one's house, nor is there a greeting between members of a family when one returns home after an absence even of a week or more, children address their mothers as I know, their word for mother, and address their father as a ma, their word for father, they do this throughout life, 
Itero do not kiss or have other formal physical expression to show affection between friends or relatives. Mothers do not kiss their babes even. The Itero has no formal or common expression of thankfulness. Whatever gratitude he feels must be taken for granted, as he never expresses it in words. When an Itero desires to beckon a person to him he, in common with the other Malayans of the archipelago, extends his arm toward the person with the hand held prone, not supine as is the custom in America, and closes the hand, also giving a slight inward movement of the hand at the wrist. This manner of beckoning is universal in Luzon. The hand is almost never used to point a direction. Instead, the head is extended in the direction indicated not with a nod, but with a thrusting forward of the face and a protruding of the open lips. It is a true lip gesture. I have seen it practically everywhere in the islands. Among pagans, Mohammedans, and Christians, part 8 religion spirit belief the basis of Igoril religion is every man's belief in the spirit world the animism found widespread among primitive peoples, it is the belief in the ever-present, ever-watchful ni or spirit of the dead, who has all power for good or evil, even for life or death, in this world of spirits the Igoril is born and lives, there he constantly entreats, seeks to appease, and to cajole, in a mild way he threatens, and he always tries to avert, and there at last he surrenders to the more than matchful spirits, whose numbers he joins, and whose powers he acquires, all things have an invisible existence as well as a visible, material one, the Igro does not explain the existence of earth, water, fire, vegetation, and animals in invisible form, but man's invisible form, man's spirit, is his speech. During the life of a person his spirit is called Takeo. After death the spirit receives a new name, though its nature is unchanged, and it goes about in a body invisible to the eye of man yet unchanged in appearance from that of the living person. There seems to be no idea of future rewards or punishments, though they say a bad ni to is sometimes driven away from the others. The spirit of all dead persons is called ni to this is the general name for the soul of the dead. However, the spirits of certain dead have a specific name. Pinteng is the name of the ani2 of a beheaded person, while well is the name of the ani2 of deaf and dumb persons it is evidently an onomatopoetic word, and wangong is the name of the ani2 of an insane person. Futatiu is a bad ani2, or the name applied to the ani2 which is supposed to be ostracized from respectable ni2 society. Besides these various forms of ni2 or spirits, the body itself is also sometimes supposed to have an existence after death. Limum is the name of the spiritual form of the human body. Limum is seen at times in the Pueblo and frequently enters habitations, but it is said never to cause death or accident. Limum may best be translated by the English term ghost, although he has a definite function ascribed to the rather fiendish nightmare that of sitting heavily on the breast and stomach of a sleeper. The Takeo, the soul of the living man is a faithful servant of man, and, though accustomed to leave the body at times, it brings to the person the knowledge of the unseen spirit life in which the Igro constantly lives, in other words, the people, especially the old men, dream dreams and see visions, and he,